I wanted to do this podcast as a place where I can simply share some stories, be real, and hopefully inspire a few people to dream bigger while we're at it. So here we go. Going to make it all crystal clear. Today is a very special day because I have a very handsome special guest joining me. He has been asked by popular demand. He is my main squeeze, my dark chocolate, (laughs) my handsome hubby. Anybody that follows me knows that I call him by his full name every time I talk about him. And I'm so excited to introduce my special guest today is my main squeeze, Mike Archie. Oh, thank you, baby cakes. I'm so (laughs) glad to be here and honored to be on a podcast with you. You know, even though I get you every day, but we have a mic in between us now. so. So, babe, we have a lot of questions and a lot of people said, okay, Crystal, we heard your your side of the story, your journey, but we would love to hear Mike Archie's side of the journey of your story. So how would you how would you make it short and sweet to tell people, okay, this is my perspective? Uh, just a quick recap. Uh, grew up in a small hometown, single parent home, went off to college. Five years in college, that's where I met my beautiful baby cakes. Although, and a funny story, when we first met, um, we were I was on campus for four years, and she was working at a place that I never stepped foot into. I was on campus for four years, never had any desire to go down there. And I had a friend from home, and my roommate was with me, and they were playing some reggae music, and he, he's from Jamaica, and he wanted to go down and you know see what was going on. And we walked in there, and as soon as we walked in there, I locked eyes on her, and I said, oh, who is that? And... <laughs> I was rude to him, y'all. I was rude to him. I wanted nothing to do with football players. Uh, but that's okay. I was determined. It was that didn't bother me one bit. So I had to <laughs> go over to her and introduce myself and say, I already I'm, knew who he was. <laughs> I said, Big man, football dude on campus, Mr. Popular. I already knew who he was. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Don't have any time for a football player. Yeah. And I wonder why she calls me Mike Archie to this day, because that's how I introduced myself. I said, hi, I'm Mike Archie. And she says, I already know who you are. Just talk to the hand. <laughs> I'm like, how are you going to do me like that? You don't even know me. She said, yeah, but I know all your friends and they've been down here and I don't like football players. <laughs> I said, you have to give me a chance to get to know you. And she just gave me the hand again and just walked off. And so that was the end of our first meeting. I went back to my friends and I told them and their mouths dropped immediately when I said it. And I said, I'm going to marry that girl. And I knew it. And they they were kind of stunned and just shocked that I said that. But I knew it was meant to be. And I had to go back down. And I think like four or five days went past. I hadn't seen her. I, I was wondering if she was working and I went back down and she was working and I walked right back in and she looked at me. We we locked eyes and she come running over to me and she's, what'd you do, babe? I felt bad that I was so rude to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I've got to go and there he is again. I got to go say, I'm sorry. I apologize. It's just that I 
didn't want to deal with another football player. So I went up to apologize. And what did you do, Mike Archie? Oh, I kind of blew her off this time, and I walked right past her. Yeah, you walked (laughs) away from me. I was like, no, he didn't. No, he did not just walk right by me, trying to get my number the first night, and now he's going to act like he never seen me before. So I was kind of livid. I was kind of upset at the moment. It was all in the master (laughs) plan, you know. Little cat and mouse game, but we end up exchanging numbers that night. Yes, we had cat and mouse game all night and exchanging phone numbers. We sure did. And all this is all she wrote after that. Mm-hmm. We were together ever since then. Yeah. After that first date, we said, oh, we're just going to hang out, hang out as friends. And after that first date, we were inseparable and all of his teammates, I think they officially hated me after that point because they never <laughs> saw their friend again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything changed for me after that. Um, yeah. My friends did get pretty mad at me and call me some names I can't say on, <laughs> on here. So... So anyway, so after we met, we fell in love, we get pregnant on purpose. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> everybody thought we were crazy and not very smart, but he's in college, I'm 18 years old and hey, let's have a let's have a baby. So, go ahead. So, we have Jasmine. Uh, we had Jasmine and shortly after that, I still wasn't your wife yet though. If you want to get real, Mike Archie. <laughs> I was the, I was still just the baby mama. <laughs> I well, was the baby mama. Not in my mind. Why? <laughs> <laughs> not in my mind but you weren't just the baby the mama. The reason we weren't married yet is because... Well, why? we weren't married yet because I really wanted... Um, I knew that I was going to try to go pro. And I knew if that would happen that I would give her the, the wedding of her dreams that she wanted. So our wedding plans got postponed until that happened. You made it to the NFL, yeah. And then once I made it to the NFL, we, we had that wedding. We had that wedding she wanted. And so our that's daughter why we weren't was, married right away. And our daughter was our flower girl. <laughs> <laughs> we did things a little backwards, we but did hey. things a little backwards. <laughs> but it worked out great. Here we are 20-some years later. Yes. Still running strong. Still running strong, baby cakes. <laughs> All right. So then after we had Jasmine and then you got drafted by the Houston Oilers. Drafted by the Houston Oilers, um, late seventh round, um, made the team that year. And then we, yeah, we had to move to Houston, Texas. So we were only there for a year. And then we were told the team is moving to Nashville. And then we moved to Nashville and came here. We've been here ever since. I think in around around 1999 um, is the year that we went to the Super Bowl. But that was the same year that I got injured and released from the team. And so at that point, everything we thought we were going to accomplish in our dreams through the NFL came crumbling down. Well, I don't want to say totally crumbling down, but it was it was just totally hard to accept that we weren't going to be able to move forward with our dreams that the NFL would do everything for us. So Everything did come crumbling down. <laughs> <laughs> You're sugarcoating it. Everything did come crumbling down. Well, that's... <laughs> You're making it sound not so bad, babe. You like work your entire life to make it to the NFL and you're there, you're busting your butt, you're working hard day in and day out on that's a big level. That's a high level of intensity. You're a professional at the sport and you are busting your butt to go after your dreams and you put in 4 years and we thought you were going to get 
I always get emotional. <laughs> we thought you were going to get more years out of it. We thought that we were going to be able, that the NFL was going to be the ticket to give our kids a better life, that they would have to struggle financially like we did growing up. We did. That's that what we... They wouldn't have to worry about where food was going to come from or if their lights were going to get shut off like we did. You're making it sound... I love you. You're so sweet and so <laughs> humble. You're making it sound like, oh, it wasn't that bad. It came crumbling down. Yeah. Do you remember that day that you had to come home and tell me you were let go? Yeah, like, Do you remember was, that uh, day? How heartbroken. Yeah. Uh, I think it was probably one of the times you saw me kind of break down where I had to tell you that um, I was no longer a football player. Right. Because that's Um, all we had. We didn't have a backup plan. No. You had a college degree, but we didn't have anything to fall on. Like we were young with two kids at the time Mm -hmm. and we didn't have another plan and we did not know what we were going to do. So yes, baby, everything (laughs) came crumbling down. (laughs) Everything came crumbling down. But you know what? I have to say that, thank God we had our faith because that's what got us through it. That's what got you through it. Yes. I will say that's what got us through. Um, Right before I got injured and all of this happened, we got baptized together and born again. And our our faith um, grew very strong. I'm so thankful at that time. I would say God had a bigger plan, even though he knew this was going to happen. He also knew the timing of when it was going to happen, and that it was big for not only me, it was big for us. Yeah. And we were fearful, but because we had the Lord, we weren't as fearful as most probably would be at that time. Because we have a lot of friends that played in the NFL. When they're done playing, they it's really, really hard because football has been their identity their entire life. Yes. That's all they've done from high school to college to pro. Like they are known as the football player, the NFL guy, the superstar. And when all that ends and comes crashing down, they don't know what a lot of you know, a lot of people don't realize what they're gonna do. And they're like, Well, who am I outside of football? Well, that was one of the but thank God we had the Lord. That was one of the questions that I did ask myself once all this happened. I did ask the Lord, like, who am I now? Um, I've always been Mike Archie, the football player. Um, Mike Archie the the all-star or the ball player. And I just remember distinctly Lord saying, I'm going to take this away from you. I'm going to take what you're using as an idol. I'm going to take it away from you for now because our God is a jealous God and he wants your full attention. And he got my full attention and he said, you are more than just a football player. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to... Try, babe. You're more than just a football player. You're, I, I'm going to re reshape you, reform you and let you know that you are a child of God and you are more than, than what than you... an athlete. Yeah, you're more than just an athlete. And so at that point, um, I trust in the Lord and our lives. I, not not saying everything was easy. Everything was going to be great. Well, we had great. our challenges. We, we had our tears. still <laughs> had challenges, but it was more of a point where I now I know who I fully was through him. So when we were done playing ball, the income that he earned from playing the NFL only lasted a short period of time. Uh, he was a league minimum player, so we didn't have those big multi-multi-million dollar co- contracts. And so it was a great income. It was more money than we've ever seen yeah. or earned in our entire lives as growing up. But uh, after he was done playing, we had to live off of that money for a while. And before we knew it, we were broke. We depleted our savings and we had nothing left. And people look at us and probably think, how in the world do you guys go from playing in the NFL to being broke and you can't pay your bills? And that's where we ended up. It's it's very easy. You you work your whole life to to make a good income and you think you're being smart with your money and being a good steward and I, I think we were we, we didn't we were do young anything. though we were young <laughs> we didn't do we didn't we could have made some better decisions but we made the, the best decisions that we thought of at that time and that just 
a few short years after them being done playing, we had depleted any savings that we had. And so racked then up we, in credit card debt. We were, uh, yep, racked up in credit card debt. And we just was looking at each other. didn't know what we were oh, going to do. I want you to tell everybody this story really quick. Cause I don't remember if I shared it in my first story when you were done playing in the league and tried to get a job. Oh, you were out trying to get, you have a college <laughs> degree, you have a bachelor's degree from Penn state university. And oh, yeah. my husband could not get a job to provide for our family. So go ahead and tell them what yeah. that was like. So for you. it was really eye opening for me because I, I thought, you know, graduating from Penn state, um, I would be able to take my degree and use it to be able to, you know, make a better life for our family. And I, I thought I would be able to go out and get a job pretty quickly. Got a resume together, put it out there and would go on these interviews and everybody would sit down with me and they would laugh and they would ask me to share stories about college football and what it was like to play for my coach Joe Paterno and what was it like in the NFL. And at the end of the interview, the words would come out, you know, we we love you as a person or we think you're great, but you don't have enough experience. And I said, what was I supposed to do? I'm, I've been playing football all my life and this is the first time I'm actually coming out in the real world to try to get a job and get that experience. But nobody wants to offer me that experience. And so I got turned down several times. Lots of times. You Lots were out times. applying and applying and nobody would give you a job. So what did you do, babe? My sweet, amazing, humble husband took uh-huh. the job that he could just so he could provide for our family. Yeah. Tell him what you did, what you had to do. Well, I, I took the first the first job that somebody wanted to um, hire me to do and was offered from very good friends of ours. And I'm very thankful um, that he even gave me a, uh, an opportunity to work and, and provide for our family. So I, I, I worked at a construction site and I was the cleanup guy um, at the construction site for the whole day's job, the whole crew. And all I did was clean up wood, stack it up and burn wood. But I got paid five hundred dollars a week. And but it was just it was the best job available for me out there at that time. And I had to do it to be able to provide for the family. After a while, though. And I have to jump in here. This man, guys, would go to work every day. I mean, he goes from playing in the NFL to cleaning up a construction site and sweeping floors. And he never complained. He never came home and complained. He never griped about it. He never acted like he was better, you know, like, what am I doing? I'm sweeping floors and I just came out of playing professional football. He never, ever, ever once said that or acted like that. He said, I have to do what I have to do. Even if it's just $500 a week, it's $500 a week that's going to help us feed the kids and keep the lights on. So, and I think, not that I think, I know because of his humble attitude and great work ethic that God ended up promoting you to work at our church in the accounting department. Yes. And you can share a little bit about that. That that was something that you weren't expecting, but God opened that door. Yeah. Just from being faithful. He later on, I remember praying. It was about the second year working in construction. I remember praying and saying that I wanted to do something that I went to school for, graduated and finance and all that. That was all part of my um, degree in, in at Penn State. Long story short, I prayed specifically a, a certain date that I would no longer would like to be doing construction anymore. God honored that. And the date that I gave him was November that I would love to be working in something like that. And funny story, I came home tired from construction work one day and she said, we're going to take the family to the zoo. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to the zoo. It's I'm hot it. outside. It's hot outside. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I've been working all day. And she said, I just got done telling everybody how you never complained. (laughs) That's true. Never mind. 
But you did. You were out working the instruction site in 98 degree weather. You did say The that. last thing you wanted to do was to go to the zoo. Well, I, I wasn't. Understand. I didn't complain about the work. I understand. Yeah. I was just complaining that I was tired. <laughs> And so she said, we're going to the zoo. And of course, you know, just only thing I can say is look at it and say, okay, dear. Yes, I'll go to the zoo. And so we're at the zoo with the kids and I'm out playing with the kids in the playground or something. And there was a guy sitting next to her. He asked her, are you Crystal Archie? And she said, yes, I am. Are you are you the wife of Michael Archie? And she said, yes. And she said, well, his name's been going around my office um, a lot. What is he doing right now? She told him what I was doing. And he said, uh, is he here? And she said, yeah. And then we he called me over and we were just talking. And he told me he owned a financial company. And he said he may have a position for me if I was interested. Um, he would like to take us out to lunch that same day. Remember that, babe? Mm-hmm. He took us out to lunch the same day. Yeah, and he hired you. He said, come by the office. And I think it was November the 1st. Went to to his office, sat down. We had a long hour and a half talk and he pulled out a sheet and offered me a job right there November 1st. Mm-hmm. And that was the date that I yep. prayed he about. He came home and told me, he said, babe, I didn't even tell you, but I prayed and asked God to be out of construction by November. And this job opportunity just came open and it is November 1st. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember that like, day wow. you told me that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. But God, so yep. um, started working in accounting November 1st, 2001. But people were probably thinking, okay, Crystal... You guys, you always say that you were struggling when you started your skincare business. Well, we were. Even though he was doing accounting, guys, we had, did we have four kids then by that time? We had four kids by that time. We were up to our eyeballs in debt. We had so much credit cards. I mean, we were getting declined and we had so much debt. It was crazy. We never even purchased a home. We were still paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, we were paycheck to paycheck. Cars breaking down. I mean, it was not a good situation at all. So people think, well, you guys weren't doing that bad. Yes, we were. We were doing pretty, we weren't doing very good at all. We had friends. We had some friends that helped us sometimes to pay, come and pay our bills. Remember yep. lots of times yep. we would get the, the two month of late notice and say, if you don't pay this, <laughs> it's getting shut off. <laughs> and uh, I think people... I do remember also, not to cut you off, baby cakes, but I do remember um, there were times where I would take the kids' video games. Oh yeah, to the pawn shop. I would take them to the pawn shop and yeah. I would pawn their video games mm-hmm. just in order to make a payment somewhere right. else. Yeah. And we did that too. Um, fast forward to when I started the skincare business, there were a lot of times that we need, that I needed to travel for my business for like a convention or mm-hmm. something that I needed to, to go to learn. And there was times we didn't have money. And again, we'd have to take things to the pawn shop and the kids would come home and say, where'd my <laughs> video game go? <laughs> Wait a minute. Where did my video game go? It was just there last night. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I made up some <laughs> kind of strange. story. That's strange. That's <laughs> strange. I wonder if somebody came in and stole your video game. But we'll get you another one later. (laughs) But look now, now, I mean, I mean, they got all the video video games. games (laughs) It was a sacrifice at the time. It was a sacrifice at the time. But now look. But anyway, I just had to throw that out there because I think I think people see our success now, babe. And I think that they just think we just fell upon us and we just were gliding and riding. Or we still had it from the NFL. Yeah, we were just riding in the success channel. I'm like, no, it wasn't always like that. It was not. We had our ups and downs and ups and downs. And we've been through some really tough times. But that's what brought us through. Those tough times made us Mm -hmm. stronger. And now we can look back and sit here and do a podcast and laugh about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> that leads me into our business that people have been asking questions about as well. So when we started or when I was approached about this business opportunity, you can go ahead and share more because I, I mean, I tell everybody I was not, that was not me. I didn't see myself doing it. I did not want to, I was out of my comfort zone. It was something I could never see myself doing. I didn't have confidence in myself to do it, but I have the most amazing, sweet, encouraging husband that was always. But what, did, what did you ask me to do? You asked I asked me. you to research it. Yeah. So this business opportunity was brought to us. And like I said, I was questioning it, doubting if I could do it. It was a great business opportunity. It was a no brainer, but for me, I just couldn't see myself doing something like that. So I asked him, I said, babe, can you look into this opportunity, research it, tell me what you think, should we do this? Should I jump in? And I went to work. Um, that's what I, you know, I love everything that deals with numbers and researching companies. And, and I, I looked at the skincare company and I looked the at business the, model. the business model. I looked at how the structure, how the payout. My main thing is when I look at numbers, I want to know how they work and how do you earn income from it? And so once I did the research, uh, I loved everything about it. You know, to me, it seemed like it was a smart move for us to go ahead and do it. But I did look at her and, and tell her, like, you have to do this. I think this is right up your alley. And uh, and I said, we have to do this. And what I mean by we, I mean you, because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm still, working. still working. I know. But then I look at you and I go, babe, I'm at home with four kids. I had four kids at the time. I'm like, how am I going to find time to do this? I'm ready to pull my hair out with these churn. <laughs> and I'm like, and you want me to find time to talk about this business and sell some stuff? I was like, I just don't see how I'm going to fit it in. But you were always the most amazing, supportive husband, still are. And when he would come home from work, he would say, okay, babe, it's time for you to focus on the business. I got the kids. I got the house. I'm making the lunches. Mm-hmm. I've got everything taken care of. I will do the dishes. Baby, you go do what you got to do. Go build your business. And when you get home... I'll have a hot bath waiting for you well. <laughs> <laughs> with a bottle of wine. That's all true. That's all true. Uh, it's, and it was only because I saw the bigger picture. I felt like once you became a success at this, I'm sitting there going, she's going to be worth way more money than I am. <laughs> You were thinking, I ain't let her do this so I can sit I back. I better and- <laughs> let her go and do this thing. And so, yes, uh, you just I just had to figure out a way for you to be able to free your time up so you can go do what you do best. And you did. And that's what I did. But we're a team, right? That's where yes, it's, it's called sacrificing and working together as a yeah, team. Yeah, and so. it was, you know, we had to talk to our kids about it, too, because my our children were used to mommy being at home 24-7 all day long. And I still was. It was a business that I could work from home. And I major majority of the time did work it from home. Mm-hmm. But you have to be honest, Mike Archie. There were a lot of times too many to count where I'd be sitting on my computer, falling asleep with the computer in my lap. <laughs> <laughs> and you would get a little irritated at night. It'd be like 11 o'clock at night and I'm still up on the computer working and you would say, well, uh, when I'm, am I going to get some Mike Archie time? Exactly. I'm sorry. <laughs> and what did I tell you? I said, babe, you be patient with me. I said, you told me to do this business. You told me that you had my back. And I said, I'm going to retire you. I'm going to retire you. Just be patient. Let me work this business. Let me build this business. Give me time. Give me a few years and I will retire you. You did say it all the time. And, and, and you would sit over there still and huff and puff with was, your arms crossed. But and- that still didn't take away my belief that you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it was all about Mike Archie time right now. Oh my and gosh. so... 
Well, now um, we're inseparable now. We yeah. have lots of Mike Archie time. But anyway, but I also got to say, you guys, whenever um, I would be, I would have to do a, a business call at home or a conference call. I would tell them the kids were younger and I would say, I need you to keep the kids out of the room. I'm going to go in the bathroom and lock the door. I've got to do this conference call. I need quiet. I can't hear them in the background. Can you please keep an eye on the kids? Because they always want to come in right when I'm in the middle of doing it. And I, I come out one day from the conference call and I look on my bathroom door and he had taped up signs all over the door that said, do not enter. Mommy is working. In working. She's on a call because I would literally be closed. I'd be locked in the bathroom or in my closet in my, in my bedroom and the little fingers would be under the door and they'd be yelling, mommy, mommy, let me in. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm the guest speaker. I'm the guest speaker yeah. that's doing the talking. And so she's got little fingers underneath <laughs> the door. Little fingers under the door saying, saying mommy, daddy's not feeding us. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so supportive. My husband has been so supportive. I would not, we wouldn't have the business that we have now for our family if it wasn't for him, for you and all of your support, because you always had my back and you always made sure to hold everything down. We were a team. We're still a team. Yeah. You always had my back. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to share with everybody, um, you know, being, what can you do to be a supportive husband? Well, the first thing is when, let's go back a little bit. When when I was in the NFL and I was playing, and it was, you know, so, so to speak, my time to shine, there was somebody supporting me the whole time. Um, I would come home hurting, uh, fear, doubts, and guess who was always there to lift me up or encourage me or affirm me? Crystal Archie. <laughs> uh, guess who was always there making sure, you know, um, I was taken care of, that the house was taken care of, the kids were taken care of, um, food, making making many meals for me when I came home. That would be Crystal Archie. So They might not have all been home-cooked meals. They might have been some Chick-fil-A and uh, some picking up some <laughs> Chinese food on the way home. But. but you always took care of me. And so I would always think if the roles were reversed, and, and it did happen, it, it got reversed. And I sat there one day and I thought, what kind of husband would I be if I did not return back to her what she gave me? So that leads me to the question that I've got a lot, and it was, what do you do if your spouse is not supportive? How do you handle that? So for me, I honestly would just tell you, I mean, husband or wife, whatever situation you're in, because I've seen two different sides of the story is just share your heart, share your heart. Why this is important to you, why this business or why this, whatever this thing is, that's important to you, why you're doing it. And just be honest and say, honey, I would really love your support in this. So I think if you have an unsupportive spouse, just be real and honest with them and share your heart and just kill them with kindness, kill them with kindness, just constantly pour into them and show them how much you appreciate what they're doing for you and in your family and how much you love and support them. Just, I would just say pour out so much love and support on what they're doing that over time in return, they're not going to help but just to come back and do the same thing for you because they're going to see how encouraging you are and how supportive you are of what they're doing. And over time, the tables could turn, the tides could turn. Is there anything you want to add to that, babe? Um, no, I think you said it all. And I, I think for me, just just knowing in, in this whole avenue of being supportive, husband, don't let some of these things get in your way and 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 fool you into thinking um, that it's helping. Uh, One of them is pride. I know, you know, there's something inside of us that always want to work and 
be the man of the household and, and be the provider. But it, it's OK if if the wife is the provider or the breadwinner. It's OK, uh, because for, for one, you're a team. You're everything you do is together. Everything me and Crystal did was together. And so just don't let the, the whole thing of pride be an issue. Um, second is the ego. You got to let the you got to check the ego at the door. If your wife is talking to you about how strongly this is important to her, you got to you got to listen to that and you got to take that in and embrace that. If it's very important to her, it's very important to you. Just affirm that she's doing a great job. Just watch her flourish. Watch her turn into a butterfly and fly. (laughs) It's okay to let her do that. You're so cute. God love you. So people also want to know how you support the business now, the business aspect. What's your role in our biz? Uh, well, I mean, early on when we first started, I didn't know anything about the business. I um, didn't either. Well, <laughs> I didn't either. I don't, I don't want to say I didn't know anything. I did my research. I knew how the business worked. In. We just jumped in, but I just, I knew that she would be successful doing it. So I didn't, I, I knew very limited things. And so all I knew was to get people to her. And so I was trying to exude the same excitement she was showing to everybody else. And I'm like, you you know, my, my wife has just joined this new skincare business. I said, you, you need to talk to her. Or here's her card and here's her number. You would talk to husbands and say, I need you to tell your wife to get well, in touch with my wife. <laughs> well, that's that, that was one of the, the quickest way to get the husbands on board. I felt like if I talked to the husbands first and got them excited. Because they're usually the ones that are skeptical and yes. don't want any part of it. The husbands are always like, no, no, absolutely not. So you thought... If I can talk to the husbands first and get them on board first, yeah, then that would be that squashes a, that. That squashes that. That's a whole easy transition. Easy into the wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, I would just talk to the men about the business, and because that's that's how I always I how I always help lead with the business was talking to the men about what it was and and how you can uh, earn a good income from it. And so I mean that's one that's some of the things I did early on. And after listening to her, because we would be in a car. And she would be on the phone, no doubt, doing skincare business. And I'm listening and picking up on a few things. And then after about four or five years of listening. Just starts rolling right off your tongue. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm dreaming Crystal's presentations. I just I just started doing my own presentations. And I never, I, I don't say I didn't send anybody. I still send people to her. Um, but it's a little bit easier now to talk about since I used to listen to you all the time. And <laughs> so you still do the same. I mean, you're still sharing. I'm still sharing and still pointing people your direction. Right. Um, the, my other role, what I would like to say is she's the face of the business and I do, I'm the back office. I do a lot of the back office stuff. And that's just for the whole big picture of, you know, for the whole family. So um, that's other ways you can be helpful as a husband. Yeah, numbers give me a headache. It hurts my brain. So anytime I have to deal with numbers, I hand it over to the accountant over here. (laughs) All right, babe, I'm going down through this list, reading questions. Another one is, did football prepare you for any of your thought processes toward the business that you could share? Um, I would say the the main thing that I really loved about the business is is how we grow our business is we we deal with teams. And of course, you, you know, my background 
of playing in NFL and playing on in some on some really very strong championship teams, being a part of a team and knowing what it takes to be successful as a team. I think that was one of the, the main things that I could always share with Crystal, my insight on team culture, what it's going to take to be a winning team and things like that. So teamwork some, makes a dream work. <laughs> she is right about that. Uh, one of the things that I had, you know, in my experience with being on successful teams, it, just, it takes time. It takes a lot of hard work, commitment, dedication. The teams that I've been a part of that went on to be championship teams, it did not happen overnight. Some of those teams, it took two, three years to get to that point. And so it's just just like this. I mean, you, you're working this business and it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take you some time to build. Day in and day out. Yep. Commitment, dedication, perseverance. It's going to take you some time right to build mindset. that championship team and yep, have that right mindset. And that never give up attitude. No matter what, never give up. Keep pushing through. You're going to get knocked down. You got, you had some hard hits. (laughs) You had some people knock you the heck out. I had a lot of hard hits. (laughs) My man is only 5'8", and here he is in the NFL. You could spot him out of the huddle. Him and his little bow leg itself. (laughs) You could see him in the middle of the huddle. These giant men around him. And every time he would get tackled, because he's the guy with the ball. He's the running back. He's the guy that everybody's chasing. And every time you would get tackled. What would would you do? You would would be down the huddle and I couldn't find you. And I would literally hold my breath. She would hold her breath. Until I would see you get up out of that huddle. So my point is. But I got up every time. You get knocked down and you get right back up. People are going to knock you down and you get Get back up and you keep going. That was my point. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, babe. No, you're fine. So anyway, next question. Do you still wish, do you ever wish that you are still in the NFL? Not at this point. Not the way I'm feeling right now as I'm getting (laughs) older. Uh, (laughs) um, No. I mean, mean, do you wish you would have got more years out of it? You played four years, which is amazing. To play for four years, that's a big deal. There's not too many people in the world that make it to that level. No, I don't wish that I got more years out of it. Um, I feel like everything happened the way it did because it led us to where we are right now. Yeah, little Um, do we know. God had bigger plans. Yeah, God always has bigger plans. Um, And we can't get cut from this team. No. Um, do I miss the game? No, I miss the guys. Um, I miss being around the guys, joking around, just that team camaraderie. But we, you know, we have it through this business now as well. Uh, so um, I just missed the I just missed the the fellowship with the guys. And so but I know you don't miss those ice baths and I the don't miss the ice baths, <laughs> the treatment, concussions, and yeah, the sore, yeah, the concussions. <laughs> that's you know, especially because in the NFL it was no longer. I mean, it's still fun, but it was no longer fun like it was in college and high school because it was a job. Yeah. It was a job. And if you messed up, you didn't, if you messed up, you didn't know week to week if you were going to have a job. You, you did not. And in college, that didn't happen. It was just all about fun. fun. Yeah. Teamwork. Um, yeah. And but in the pros, it's a job. It's it's <laughs> a job. They they don't say to, you know, be playing in NFL, you you get those three letters, you know, NFL. A lot of people think it stands for National Football League, but it stands for not for long, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the guys that play, it does. It stands for not for long because you don't know when you're going to get that call. You don't know when you're going to get that call into the manager's office. I, I realized real quick when I got there that it was no longer for fun and it's all business. And it was, it was, it turned into a job. It, it really did turn into a job. I remember how stressed we were every training camp. Every training camp just stressed because you out. you started out with how many guys? You started out with 84 guys on the team. 84 and, and they have to cut, cut it, it down, down to, to 53. And you're competing every day against somebody. They're all all-stars. That are all just as good as you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all all-stars. 
cars. They're bigger, stronger, faster. And every training camp, I remember how stressed. And every time you called me, I was so afraid that you were going to call me and say you got released. But every year you made the team. <laughs> made the team, baby. I mean, now, now that I have... You know, I have four boys, two of them play football. I, I get my fix of football through them and helping them and coaching them and giving them the, the wisdom that, that I've gained from playing in the NFL. Football's still a huge part of your life. It is. It <laughs> Between is. coaching and our boys, yeah, it's still a huge part of your life. Okay, babe, now on to the very serious question. I'm looking at this list. The most serious question of them all. Somebody asked, what is your favorite ice cream flavor from Jenny specifically. Oh. <laughs> That's easy for me. That would be the gooey birthday cake. <laughs> and it is gooey and yummy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They really have a gooey birthday cake? Yeah, it's gone. Well, I don't know if it's birthday cake. You better get the flavor right because Jenny's is going to say he doesn't say eat it. <laughs> okay, babe. There's another question for both of us. It says, how do you all balance work, home life, your dreams, the teams you lead, and then downtime. So we pretty much covered a lot of those. But if I could just make it short and simple, just go with the flow. I would yes. say not trying to balance it all because if y'all saw our life, you would probably laugh because there's definitely no balancing act going mm-hmm. on. That's for sure. We we're just we just roll with it. We we're just so easygoing. Yeah. Things are going to happen. Changes are going to come, and we just figure it out as we go along. We right. don't get uptight. We don't get anxious over things because life is too short to yeah. be stressed out trying to figure out how you're going to handle. And we've got six kids. We've got, like you said, we've got our business. We have our organization, Ethiopia. We've got all the volunteer work and all that. There's so many things that we're involved in that we can't sit and try to figure out how to balance it all because we would go crazy. We just juggle everything. Yeah, we just literally juggle everything. We don't try to figure it out. We take it day to day and we do what we can in each day. And we make sure to put always God first, then family, and then everything else falls into place. We're not going to stress about the little things. As long as we keep the main things, the main main things, everything else will fall into place as we go along. What do you want to add, Mike (laughs) Ritchie? What's your thought on that? <laughs> said everything. What's your thought on that, buddy? What's your thought on that? What do, do I do? Agree? Do you agree with what I said? I agree with what you said. Just only one thing, you know, what? how do I, what do we do to balance everything? Yeah. I just love on Crystal Archie. <laughs> he just keeps me. That's all I do is just love on Crystal he just Archie. just keeps me happy and then. Just keeps mama. <laughs> now, y'all heard this. You know, mama's happy. Everybody's happy. Oh, my goodness. What did I say? Happy wife, happy life. Yeah, that's the quote. Happy life. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah. That's how I juggle it. Yeah. With everything that we've got going on, we we divide up things. Oh, I got to tell you guys. I got to give y'all a tip. Mike Archie, I don't know if he loves it too much. Don't but do it. I do give him don't a to-do do list, and it does drive him crazy, if he'd be honest. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> so there's this, there's this app called Wonderlist, because... My brain is always going a million miles a minute because, you know, like we said, we're trying to juggle so many things every day. So I have my to-do list. I have my assistant's to-do list. I have my husband's to-do list. She has a Mike Archie list. to-do list. I have everybody's to-do list in my brain. So my list is never ending. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I found this app called Wonderlist, and I get to, instead of hounding him all the time and asking him if he completed this or did you get that? Did you pick this up? Did you 
you do that, babe? Because he'd say, I'd let you know. I'll let you know whenever I completed that. You don't have to ask me 10 times <laughs> if I picked up the milk from the store. I'll let you know I'll when I picked know. up the milk from the store. So so this, this app is awesome because I don't have to ask him a million times. And when he completes something, he just goes in and checks it off. And guess what I get? I get a little notification that Mike Archie <laughs> has completed that task. And it's so satisfying <laughs> to me to see that something was checked off the list. For everybody out there that's a list note taker, this thing is awesome. You can give it to everybody in your family, whoever you want, and everybody can have a list. And I love the app because it eliminates the phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes her happy. And it makes me happy. All right. Well, this is going to wrap up this podcast. And I just want to thank you, my main man, my dark chocolate. Thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. Thanks for I having know, me, babe. I know being in front of a mic is not your favorite thing to do, but you nailed it. You killed it. You answered everybody's questions. And I know they're going to ask for more. I know they're going to want you to come back and do another podcast with me. So I hope you're up to it. I'll keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> You mean you want me to keep my fingers crossed? (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, Mike Archie, for joining me today. And can't wait to come back with our next episode. Have a blessed day, y'all. Have a blessed day. sure to hit the subscribe button to get notifications for the next episode. Ooh. Ooh.